Scotiabank is going through a total overhaul. They've just announced more changes. We'll look at those. U.S. inflation numbers, they came out hotter than expected and the markets did not like what they saw. Home sales in Canada jumped 22% in January. Shares of Lyft are up sharply this morning and Boeing had a tough January as airplane deliveries fell sharply. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Let's get started with today's news. When Scott Thompson took over as the uh, head honcho at Scotiabank in February of last year, he promised he'd be making changes. No doubt he's been delivering on that promise. The most recent shakeup comes with the bank's head of global banking and markets, uh, Jake Lawrence. He'll be leaving the company and he'll be joining Power Group of Canada. Now, uh, Lawrence was with the bank for more than 20 years. Not long ago, he was in the running actually as a top candidate for CEO at the bank. But in what was a rather controversial move, as we know now, that job eventually went to Mr. Thompson. Since then, it's been one change after another. Now, as part of the transition, Lawrence will be uh, staying on as a strategic advisor to work with the bank, and then he will be leaving and joining Power Corp on March the 18th. So I guess he wants to have St. Patty's Day uh, where he is now, then make the big change after that. His title there will be Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, and he takes over at power from Gregory Trechiak. Now, I mentioned that CEO Thompson, he said he wanted to shake things up. And if we look back now, there's been so many changes recently. These include the head of Canadian banking, so Dan Reese, he left in November, and the head of international banking, Iglesio Deschamps, who left last April. When Barb Mason announced her retirement effect at the end of 2023 after a, get this, 41-year career, so she announced this last August, the bank hired Jenny Paulus as deputy head of human resources. She comes to the bank with more than 34 years of experience at the Royal Bank. Most recently there, she was the vice president of talent services and operations. In July of last year, the bank announced another big move. In this case, they hired Royal Bank's former executive vice president of personal financing products, uh, Jackie Allard, who joined Scotiabank in September as the deputy head of global wealth management. And that role became effective in January 1st of this year. So just about a month ago or so. For the last 20 years or so, Scotiabank has been an underperformer when you compare them with its peers. So for those of you who are invested in Scotiabank or who follow Scotiabank, uh, it's no doubt been an eventful year. It's interesting to see what, uh, what changes Thompson has been making. I guess the big question that remains here is whether all of these changes are going to be able to pull the bank out of the doldrums and we'll see if that will be successful. If you have any doubt that the stock market rally that we've seen over the past number of months is fragile, well, now you have your answer. The annual inflation rate for the U.S. came in at 3.1% in January. That's actually down from the 3.4% we saw in December. But even though that's good news, uh, the numbers came in higher than what the markets had forecasted at 2.9%. Certainly, the stock market did not like what they saw. On the news, and we saw this in the North American stock markets yesterday, they all took a big hit. The TSX uh, suffered its worst day now in 17 months. It was down 482 points. That's 2.3%. The Dow dropped 525 points or 1.4%. S&P was down 1.4% and the NASDAQ lost around 1.8%. So the clear takeaway from this action was that the uh, unexpected inflation number, remember it was came in above consensus, the US Fed really has little urgency now to cut rates and the pricing is now implying that the first rate cut that the Fed's lawmaker is going to come in June and that's pushed back from March what we saw uh, very recently as of this morning the markets are pricing in a 90% odds that the Fed won't cut in March 
There's a 61% that they're going to hold tight in May as well. And then a 54% chance that the first cut of 25 basis points will come at the June 12th meeting. That said, uh, I can assure you that these odds are going to be changing. They do all the time. Every little new piece of information that comes out between now and then will affect uh, those numbers as well. When we look at the CPI and we compare it to December, the CPI edged up 0.3%. That's the most in four months. And again, it's above the uh, forecast of 0.2%. The annual core inflation held steady at 3.9%, and that compares to expectations that it would slow to 3.7%. The first home savings account, which was launched in 2023, it has been a massive hit amongst Canadians who are looking to save for their first down payment. Well, thanks to our sponsors, Q-Trade Direct Investing, we've got you covered. You can sign up for an FHSA with them today. You're going to receive a $50 bonus just for getting started. It really is as simple as that. As a quick reminder, for those who aren't familiar, the FHSA, its you're getting the benefits of a TFSA plus an RRSP combined into one account. You get the tax-deductible contributions and tax-free withdrawals when you put your money towards your first eligible home. If you are in the market for purchasing that elusive home in the next few years, like so many Canadians are, the FHSA is certainly something uh, worth looking into. And with Q-Trade, they make it so darn easy to get started, it's just a breeze. Their platform makes it extremely easy to open a new account and manage your investments from anywhere. Of course, once you've got your accounts opened, you can gain access to their amazing suite of, of offerings. They have 105 plus commission-free ETFs you can buy and sell with no minimums. They have real-time quotes. They have uh, in-depth portfolio analytics tools, stock screeners, uh, Morningstar and Desjardins analyst report. They have watch lists. Uh, award-winning customer service, and so much more. With over 20 years of operating experience, there's a reason that the platform is trusted by over 100,000 self-directed investors across the country. Sign up for an FHSA today with Qtrade. There's a link in the description box below. Terms and conditions do apply. There's no doubt that an issue with traditional investment learning is that there's just so much you have to learn to bring yourself up to speed. A lot of people become overwhelmed with that experience. That's one of the main objectives that we set out at our investing academy, and that is to provide our students with proven investment approaches, but at the same time, make the experience fun and remove that intimidation factor as much as possible. I retired from a 25-year career as an investment advisor, as a portfolio manager, I guess going on three years ago now. And at the time, I joined my son, Brandon, who had started the Investing Academy a few years earlier than that. He worked for me uh, in his early 20s, just for a couple of years. But after his experience there, he thought that he would rather spend his time reaching out and using technology rather than sitting in an office with a bunch of seniors talking about well, their grandchildren often. He kind of found that a little bit boring um, as a 20-year-old. If you are at that stage where you're trying to get started, but you just don't know where to take that first step, or quite frankly, even if you're a more experienced investor, but you just want to up your game a little bit, have a look at what we have to offer on the Academy. You can scan the QR code on this screen here, or I will put a link in the description of this video. You can click on that as well to get more information. According to the Canadian Real Estate Association, home sales in January were up 3.7% in December. Now that is a 22% jump from a year ago. This also comes on top of an 8.7% increase that we saw in December. The association's senior economist, Sean Cathard, he says that he sees a market that is starting to turn a corner but is still working through the weakness of the last two years. One of the major reasons that we've seen this jump so strongly now, it can sort of look back to January of last year when the market saw its worst start in almost two decades. So we're starting with that lower base and now of course we're seeing these more impressive numbers. If we drill down into the provinces, Ontario uh, led the way last month with a 6.9% gain, 
BC came in second with a 4.5% gain. I think the real test here is going to be when we look at the numbers from March and out from that point, because we're moving uh, through right now is typically the weakest months of the year. So once we get back into the actual sales season, we're going to be able to get a better read on things. When it comes to prices now, we talked about home sales. When it comes to prices, Ontario saw a 3.8% decline in the most recent reporting. And BC did see a gain, but only 1%. So that's really slowed down from recent months. When we crunch all the numbers here, the national average home price was up 7.6% from January a year ago. That now comes in at $659,395. It has been a heck of a day today for uh, shares of uh, Lyft, the ride-sharing company. Shares were up 60% um, when the company said that it was forecasting a 500 basis point, so that's about 5% expansion of its adjusted earnings margin for 2024. Obviously, the market's like that. Now, Chief Financial Officer Aaron Brewer, he announced during the firm's earnings call that the correct figure was actually 50 basis points, or half a point, so not 500 basis points. And on this news, the share price dropped down. But in trading this morning, the shares are still up about 30% for the session. Now the company did report its Q4 earnings yesterday. It actually reported a net loss of $26.3 million. That is down from a loss a year earlier of $588 million. And analysts were expecting a loss of $69.2 million. So the, the markets did like that. Revenue from the quarter was $1.22 billion, up from $1.18 billion a year earlier. That matched expectations of $1.22 billion. Now, Lyft says that it had 22.4 million active riders during the quarter. That's up 10% a year ago. Rides were up 26% to 191 million. Gross bookings came in at 3.72 billion. That compares with $3.19 billion in the 2022 quarter. For additional guidance, the company also says it now expects its Q1 gross bookings. They're gonna come in between three and a half billion and $3.6 billion. The troubles at Boeing are continuing as the company faced another setback in January. It saw a 29% year-over-year decline in deliveries. And this, of course, comes amidst all of the ongoing pressure that it's feeling these days, especially from its recent uh, mid-air cabal panel blowout that occurred in one of its 737 MAX 9 aircrafts. So in January, Boeing reported delivering only 27 airplanes, and that compares uh, with 67 that it had in December. Specifically, deliveries of the 737 MAX, this airplane in question here, it's also one of its most profitable airlines. It dropped to 25 planes, and that's down from the 35 maxes that were delivered back in January a year ago. Now, for comparison, Boeing delivered over 40 maxes in each of November and December of this past year. So that's a significant slowdown. They also announced that they actually sold only three aircraft in January, and that's now the lowest sales total since 2019. Now, Boeing CEO Dave Calhoun, he said during an earnings call in January on the 31st, that the company is not prepared to set aircraft delivery targets for 2024. That's something a lot of people are interested in, but instead they're gonna stay focused on addressing these safety standard issues and meeting the regulatory requirements to ensure that each aircraft they deliver is safe. I mean, that's a pretty good objective there. And he said, we will focus on every next airplane and ensuring we meet all of the standards that we have, all of the standards that our regulator has and that our customers demand. Now, when you put these numbers in perspective, they actually pale quite significantly in comparison with the backlog that the company currently has. Um, as of January 31st, the, the total backlog is 5,599 airplanes. 
I am here with this report every Monday, every Wednesday. I will put a link here for our Pulse newsletter. We publish that every weekend and I encourage you to sign up for that and be uh, kept up to date every weekend. I'll also put a link for our Investing Academy here. As always, thanks for watching this video. Look forward to seeing you next time.